usually intro. <laughs> <laughs> Steph's looking at me like I, it's my job to intro the podcast, even though I think every episode you've intro the podcast. No, you have a couple times. What? Yeah, like twice. Oh, okay, I have a memory of a goldfish, a so. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sex and the Office podcast. Woo. It's been a while. What have we been up to, love? Did we? We never even did an episode here. No, we said we'll see you on Saturday oh when we move God. in, and that was like almost two months ago, <laughs> like seven weeks ago. So we're in our new place. It is total dream, just really incredible. Absolutely love it. We are shooting this episode in the office, office slash guest room. Surrounded by a bunch of brand new podcast equipment that we're not using. (laughs) There's some components that are missing that we're waiting to arrive, but we did a little Black Friday splurging and Andrew got anxious. And our, yeah, yeah, it was uh, a grip. This tech was a grip. So. It's all good though. We're excited, and uh, and here we are. So I wonder how many people have Black Friday anxiety, where they like go crazy and then they get really anxious over <laughs> going so crazy. Probably on what a they decent bought. percentage. What I'm excited about is uh, potentially is um, what I, I I coined a term that I couldn't find anywhere else, so I made it up called Secondhand Shopping Wednesday or Secondhand Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is. I have a theory that the week after Black Friday, a lot of really high quality secondhand stuff ends up on Facebook Marketplace because all these people have just done their Black Friday shopping for especially things like new furniture. And um, so I think a lot of a lot of really high quality things can be found secondhand on offer up Black Friday or offer up in Facebook Marketplace the week after. So going to do some. Uh, dining table set hunting (laughs) this week (laughs) more shopping and we'll see how it goes but because we we were debating do we get a dining table do we not get a dining table we have this giant empty space in the living area and i want one because i really enjoy hosting friends and we Currently, we eat dinner at our countertop, our kitchen island, and that's not super conducive to having people over and sitting down and really enjoying each other's company. So we can definitely make it work without and make it more of a party style, like stand-up experience, which is also fun. We've done that a couple times already. But Mm -hmm. um, anyways, so. (laughs) One of the main things I'm asked is like, um, why Austin? And... I think so far it's very green. It's very healthy of an environment, it seems. Um, The nature trail is right across the walkway from us. Really beautiful. Um, The people are super nice. Our building is just awesome. The people are my favorite part. I think yeah. people here are just so friendly and welcoming. I was on a walk this morning, and this this old guy walking towards me was just like, good morning. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I like, had my headphones in, but I still heard him. And it was just like, wow, like little things like that make such a difference to like your day-to-day quality of life. It was just like... Going on that walk and having people look at you in the eyes and like acknowledge you is so much bigger than you'd think. Like, yeah, well, so it just creates, there are certain, I think, things that make 
a living area feel safe and secure and, mm. and more than that, like cozy and homey. And I think when the people in your neighborhood walking around acknowledge you in a friendly way, that's one of those things. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It feels like safe and homey for sure. Yeah. What topic were you about to touch on before we jumped on the pod? So before we jumped on, I had just uh, gotten off a VIP session with one of my clients, and um, VIP session VIP session is a ninety-minute session with me where we deep dive into whatever um, his current struggle is, and I get a better idea of like what's what's actually going on like let's have a very thorough conversation about what you're challenged with and and then come up with action steps for him to take moving forward so that he actually knows how to change his what habits he needs to start and what habits he essentially over time needs to break because they're causing the that stressor issue to keep arising what i ended up talking about a lot on this session was friendship in a relationship um, before it intensifies to something sexual, you know, not, not to the point where you can't have sex until you're friends or anything like that, but just like, I talked to so many guys who are like, I realize we were never really friends. I, we, we had so much sex in the beginning and now we hardly talk and we can't talk about the sex. And then I'll ask like, do you feel like you're friends with your partner? Like, can you talk about anything? And he's like, well, no, like we, I wouldn't say like, we're good friends. Like we're friends. Like, you know, we get along. It's been 20 years. I mean, we get along, you know? So they kind of like, they, they know they're not good friends with their partner. Cause if they were, they'd be able to talk about things like sex and Hey, like, why is this happening? What's going on? And, um, this, this guy in particular, he, he was saying that he gets, he got head like five years ago from his partner and she swallowed, but she hasn't swallowed since. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, why hasn't she swallowed since? And then she, she'll have like a passive remark whenever he asks her and then he just lets it go. And that's the same conversation on repeat over and over. Like, and he's like, why won't she do it? Like in his head, he's like, what's wrong? Like what's going on? But whenever he outwardly mentions it, he'll do it in a like sarcastic, joking way. And then she'll respond either in a joking way or like, yeah, maybe in another like 10 years. And like, and then he's just like, and then he like stays upset about it. Like I'm laughing because it's like so many people get stuck in this, this way of communicating that is like they have an issue they're, they're challenged with. It's, it's not even an issue. It's just this thing that really bothers them. And they feel like they can't just be direct and ask their partner about it. Because if they are direct, it opens them up for some vulnerability of the possibility of, you know, having an answer they may not want to hear that might make them feel very uncomfortable. For example, if she responds being like, well, you tasted really bad. Like, he's not going to want to hear that. Like, he's afraid, essentially, of what the answer might be. So he doesn't, he doesn't try to figure out what's actually going on. And then that conversation stays the same for years. And this happens in multiple areas of the relationship with multiple things going on. Like, this wasn't his, like, only issue, obviously. But it was just one thing that's just on repeat that he's not getting an answer to and it's enough of those things will drive you nuts it's so interesting when when a person lets a thing go on for years that they are unhappy with that is frustrating that is you know they're just in this holding pattern of avoidance or having the same conversation over and over again and 
Yeah, I don't, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It kind of boggles my mind because if, if you're unhappy, if what you're doing is not working, I understand it's hard. I What I don't understand is not getting to the point where you're like, I have to make a change and then making the change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I have to get this answered. Like, I just have to know, like, you know, and oh man, the way I see it is like, if you were really comfortable having conversations about anything with that partner, you would get so many more answers because you wouldn't fear talking about it because you'll have consistency and, you know, just daily comfortable communication, which ties to friendship. You know, when you do have a strong connection on friend level, then you're able to talk about pretty much anything, right? The sexual stuff, but also like, the stuff that you're feeling maybe a little insecure about or uncomfortable with or hesitant about. Like you're able to just be direct with your partner when you are friends versus feel like, oh, I got to be like the man and impress her all the time. Or I always have to take the lead because that's what I do sexually. And that's how our relationship started. Like I was the man. I took every like, and you know, there's, there's a lot of guys, um, this guy included who was like, I feel like I'm always, supporting and I'm never supported and I was like well how did the relationship start and we kind of talked about like his role and what he believed his role should be which was the supporter and he didn't allow himself to be supported because he was like well I don't really need that and I was like you don't because we're talking about it now and it's kind of seems like an issue he's like I know obviously like if I, I guess I do need it like I thought I didn't but like I don't need a lot of it and I was like it's okay if you need it. Like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's human. We all need it to some extent. Like, we can't just go along life being like, I never need support from anybody. Like, and and you want that. It's nice to get that from your partner. And and I said to him, I was like, be honest with me. Like, how good would it feel if she just like called you and was like, hey, babe, how are you feeling? Like, how's your day going? He was like, that would be really nice. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. It's like the tiniest things. And you can't even blame his partner for it because he believed that he never needed that so he showed up as someone who's like I don't want that I don't need that I solve your problems I take care of you and it's like until you communicate this with your partner and be like you know I had this realization I feel like I might need a little more like it would be really nice if once in a while you just asked how my day was going you know and just like not be afraid or feel emasculated to tell your partner that and just ask for that one little thing women would be like oh my god like yeah of course like oh I didn't realize you wanted that you know and I hear that all the time too like the 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 partner's reactions are like babe like of course like I would want to do that for you like they just didn't know because the guy showed up so strongly in the opposite way or he even may might have told her not to do that so yeah and I think guys guys tend to think of asking for support as weakness Mm-hmm. And it really has to be reframed as a as strength through reading and also through my personal experience. I have found that I am a significantly stronger person ever since I was willing to ask for support and to talk to people. It's not even necessarily about asking for support. Sometimes it's just expressing your thoughts, you know, or your your feelings out loud when you want to share something, and then letting someone, you know either just be a sounding board or letting them talk that through with you. You are a much stronger person um, when when you have a support system. And, and when you're not, I think people tend to fall apart and struggle significantly more, um, for mm-hmm. sure. 
it would it would make sense that couples who didn't have a strong sense of friendship at the beginning of the relationship would struggle with that more later on because that is what you allow friends to do is to support you you know um some i mean i guess some people don't but i think your <clears throat> there's a certain level of comfortability that comes with having a strong friendship that if you can then segue from a friendship to a romantic relationship it makes maintaining the the friendship potentially easier uh, or more natural um, whereas if you start off really hot and heavy and in, in lust and in love um, then the other stuff comes secondary and yeah I could see that not being super helpful later on yeah I think I think too that when you're um just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Another interesting point um, I was talking about with this client was, and I don't know if this has to do with our friendship, the way that I see this. I don't know if it's our friendship that makes this easy or makes it make sense, but the whole concept of like, I don't even know how to put it, but like, like how you say to me, I appreciate that you don't make me feel guilty for working a lot. I just always feel like filled up by you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> All right. Nice one. No, I always like feel your emotionally. Your cup feels full. Your cup is full. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's what I, <laughs> Hey, this is sex in the office. We gotta have some <laughs> puns. But I, I do because I, <laughs> I feel like when you're with me, like you're so present and you make a lot of eye contact with me and you'll make a little, hey, look at me. <laughs> you'll make a little joke. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you're very engaged with me when you're with me when you leave I'm like okay like I had my fill of him so to speak because I've been in relationships where maybe we hung out all night but I didn't feel as like I actually got their attention it was kind of like they were like in their head or not paying attention or we were just watching tv for hours or like watching a movie and like there was no like connectedness yeah yeah, I think it potentially it helps that I um, I feel like I'm pretty good at being present. I think I'm a good listener, and I think that I am very much like I'm very playful with you, and just I think we engage each other. Being present is probably the big part of that equation, right? Because if you're just if you can be next, you can be passing ships in the night, be around each other, technically speaking, all the time, but. Presence is the big aspect of that that makes the big difference. What I was talking about with him, this client of mine, was like, he also has a very busy schedule. And he was like, you know, when it comes to me trying to make more time for her, it kind of like, it's good. I know it's good. But I'm also like in my head with all this stuff to do. And she wants to lay down and watch a movie for an hour with me or like watch a show. And, um, and I want to connect with her. But I also like have all this stuff to do, like blah, blah, blah. So I was I was just trying to show him like it is possible for you to connect within like the span of 10, like 10 to 20 minutes 
the same amount of can create the same amount of a connection as you would laying down watching a show together like it's possible and it has to do with like how present you are and like how you're Curious. actually engaging i said yeah i said like curiosity um asking questions like sharing updates about you know what you've been thinking about lately or how's that thing going that like you told me about a few days ago like just like you know catching up checking in creating like some laughter playfulness and he was like oh wow that's that's like really interesting and it made me think about like at what point does more spending more time together or needing more time point to insecurity because I think we all need a certain amount of like time and attention from our partner right and some people maybe it's less and some more but like at what point does it steer into like okay my partner tend like needs a lot like this is insecurity this isn't just about connection I mean I suppose it's too much when the other partner says it's too much because that's going to be different for everyone so like if there's if there are two partners who like want to lay in bed daily for three hours that's like that's what yeah, they want I mean, to do that works so for them works. yeah exactly so i think it just that balance depends on who's in the relationship and what are their needs and and what do they want how do they want to spend their time and what do they need to feel you know to feel filled up by their partner <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good point that makes sense in other news. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the concept of friendship comes up a lot with people, especially since I mentioned that was so important for you. <laughs> like, like, I, I think I posted this on Instagram somewhere, and I was like, Andrew said he wouldn't date me until we were best friends, and I was so annoyed at first, and then I was like, whatever, I want him, so I just stuck it out. <laughs> like, and then all these people are like, wow, yes, I totally understand that. I wish I did that. Wow, that's insightful. Like, so there's a lot of it's funny. stirred emotion and commentary. About yeah, that. I mean, we're not taught. What are we taught? We're taught that you are, you know, everything from love at first sight to you yeah. fall in love, which is just the worst saying ever to. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you say that? Because you don't fall in love. Like falling in love almost sounds like it's uncontrollable. Mm. And mm. that is not at all what it is. What phrase do you prefer? I don't know that I have a phrase that I prefer, but I think you choose who you love and that choice is very important and should be should not be taken lightly. So I just think falling in love and love at first sight are two concepts that you can find circumstances and relationships where that has worked. In some cases, it's worked really well. I think in the majority of cases, <laughs> I think in the majority of cases that doesn't work out very well for for people. Um, even if it's not the majority, let's just say it for a high percentage of people that doesn't work out very well for them. And people should probably go slower. They should probably be really, you know, really take that decision seriously and, and not think about it as I'm falling in love I've fallen in love and you can uh, create love through spending a lot of time with someone and through fostering connection and finding your best friend who you you know just both of you also want to have sex with each other <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the concept of falling in love I think is just very um, misleading mm. 
And yeah, I agree with that because you can control it. What are your thoughts on being in a relationship, let's say for like 15 years, and you're with someone or you're married to them and you realize you have not been friends? You have not been best friends. Maybe you've been more like acquaintances who've been having sex and had kids. Maybe not acquaintances, but like friends. (laughs) You wouldn't call yourselves best friends. Is there a possibility? Like, do you believe there's a high chance that people can create that friendship once they've been in that relationship for like 15 to 20 years? Like, Um, is it easy to create a best friendship? I mean, it's probably not easy to create at that point. And that's going to vary so much from person to person. Uh, Can you foster a connection of of friendship, like deep friendship? Um, Yeah, you can do that at at any point in time. That's, That's also a choice, just like with our friends in prior to any type of relationship we choose to prioritize our friends we choose to be curious about them we choose to support them ask questions spend time with them do you think it's easier after being with someone for so long or do you think it's harder because you've been so set in your ways of doing things it's probably harder because of the always already listening Mm. which is the concept that we think we know everything about someone and we sort of create a caricature out of them And so we lose a sense of curiosity and a lot of things that they say and do, we quickly compartmentalize compartmentalize into a, yeah, this this idea we have in our head of of who they are and what they mean. And um, in some cases that can be useful, but when it comes to fostering a friendship, which I think requires curiosity, um there are probably hurdles to that that are more difficult than when you're just starting out being friends with someone and don't really know much about them Mm. doable yeah easy probably you know easy in the logical sense yes there are very specific things you can do to foster a friendship at any point with anyone um but also and also difficult because humans are really good at overcomplicating things and layering a lot of emotions on top of things that don't need to be nearly as hard as we make them out to be. Hmm. Oh, good, babe. Nice <laughs> <Mic> job. <laughs> <laughs> so moving, moving on to business stuff um, <clears throat> and health stuff, I suppose, too. So I, I think let's talk first about health stuff. So do you want to talk about how things have been since you're... I think last time you gave a brief update about your explant, um, but how are things? I think I was feeling really good when I gave gave that one. Yeah. Because it was like two months ago. So like one month post-explant, I felt amazing. And then right after that, uh, my digestion slowly started going downhill, had some scalp eczema come out of nowhere. Um, And then like symptoms that have been pretty intense, like food poisoning type experiences I had three of those and just a lot of pain every single day um in multiple areas of my body so had to limit a ton of food um definitely no gluten because I might be allergic to gluten but I'm also not sure and yeah had to stop the detox I was on from my uh explant surgery team um what they put me on because they want me to see a specialist a gastroenterologist so Gonna talk to him in a couple days, and 
I will say it threw me into a slight depression. I really was concerned for where my mind was taking me, just facing these challenges daily, you know, body image insecurity, but also body image in the way my body no longer functions the way it did and can't do or is having a hard time right now doing certain things um, that I would just be able to easily do on a daily basis not too long ago. So yeah, it's definitely been a mind fuck in a few ways. It's been challenging, but in the last week, actually about a week ago, my mom sent me a video of this woman, Marissa Peer. And I pretty much ignore everything my mom sends me. <laughs> she sends me multiple videos a day. Okay, so there's no way I'm going to look at all of them. And once in a while I look and I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't believe this. Or like, this is stupid. And she was just begging me to watch this one with this woman. And I was like, mom, like, fine. Just to like, the guy who's interview her, interviewing her, uh, I forget the name, but it was a podcast that I was familiar with. So I was like, all right, at least I know like he's, legit in the mental in the mindfulness space and I'll just watch this one out of the 500 she sent so I watched it and she basically is a famous hypnotist psychologist that came up with a rapid transformative therapy technique and it is I started her book today her audiobook her story of beating her own cancer twice and um, healing broken bones in her foot with her mind. It's just really, really inspiring to listen to the way she breaks everything down, not only from a meditation perspective to heal your physical body, but also her work as a therapist and how she helps people through, I just finished a story of how she helps someone overcome um, OCD and she takes you through each step that she took the person through. And it was like, wow, like she's... Like, she's obviously really good at what she does. Um, Very passionate, very easy to listen to. But I've been listening to everything she's been saying um, in the meditations. And she's basically helping me create new self-talk habits that are ordering my body to heal itself in, in very specific ways. So I'm like, you know what, even if this is bullshit, like I'm just going to do it because I'm at a loss for I don't know what else to do. Like, let's just fucking give it a go. (laughs) Like a week ago, I started her meditations and I've been doing them one to two times a day. I will say this has been the least painful week and the least symptomatic week I've had in in the last two months, um, 100%. Do you think that is a testament to how important when I hear that, I think, you know, so does that mean your symptoms have been psychosomatic and like a result of you putting your own body through high levels of anxiety and stress and, and release, releasing a lot of cortisol? Um, or do you think it's just a matter of timing? Like why why would doing something as simple as meditation help your symptoms so much? I mean, I think that's definitely a huge part of it because I was you know, super anxious and I would, I would eat and then feel nausea and then I would start panicking. Like I would go to like, oh my God, is it happening? Like, am I going to have food poisoning? Like, am I going to be on the floor in five minutes? Like, like, so of course all those thoughts would, would come up. Now it's like, I had a few moments. I had like two moments of nausea the last week, like eating. And I was just like, I'm okay. My body's digesting fine and I'm going to be okay. And I'm healing. And let me just, you know, stop eating or take a break or just 
go distract myself with something I enjoy. I do believe that our words have immense power. I, I feel a sense of freedom, like no longer owning the fact that my body is like not working the way I want it to. Like I would, I would be talking like, like my gut's just so fucked up. And like, I would keep saying that. And I realized like how often I was thinking that and telling people that and being like, oh, well, I can't eat that anymore. I'll never be able to eat that again. And like, just talking like that is so depressing and like, obviously not helping my body heal. Like my body's body hears like what you say and that's only pulling me into depression and feelings of hopelessness, which are not going to help my immune system, which are not going to help my, you know, your mood has a big, has a lot to do with your, with your healing and your immunity. So yeah, I think that just reacting very differently to each thought that pops up in my head or each potential symptom that just tends, that just right now over the last week just disappears because of the way I mentally handle it or view it. It's just been really interesting. Yeah, I mean, certainly reducing the amount of stress and anxiety you have over your physical symptoms is going to to help. There's no doubt that there's a powerful mind-body and con- mind body connection and so if you know this woman and this meditation i think is helping you remember that and and believe in that and take action on that then that's great so all to say steph's health has been um steph's health and mental state has been struggling a little bit since we last kind of shared i haven't Uh, been on social media in like two months (laughs) Yeah, and, it's not, and true. One month. not social media as in hasn't like gone on social media, more like hasn't shared anything on social media because that's your whole business is is sharing content and then yeah, you know, getting people yeah. to to you know it's your marketing. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird too because when you're when you're someone who shares and you're going through a really hard time. There are people who really appreciate you sharing when you're going through a hard time. And I get that because I appreciate when I see people open up. But as a professional, it doesn't look too good. So it's like walking this fine line between wanting to be transparent and vulnerable and show your human side. But also you want clients. (laughs) You want to keep a business going. And it's like, oh, like people aren't going to want to work with me if I'm sharing that I'm depressed and like not able to get out of bed (laughs) like that's not a good look so it's it feels really weird like it feels like I'm doing a disservice and I'm kind of like depriving my people of something but yeah it's just so I've been really battling with that thought too like how do I uh anyway yeah it's just a weird world I guess well there's just pressure to as someone who's supposed to be looked up to and as someone who's supposed to be a professional there is a certain amount of pressure that comes with that people need to people want to be led by someone who is of sound mind and body and as you know if cracks start to show up I mean I think we all we we know that people are human and in fact that can you know it's helpful to to see those sides of a person and also at the same time um there is a point i think where it goes from this person is human to being seen as weak and uh and and that's what i'm afraid of yeah and that's so that is tough um but uh you know you're healing and, and you're on the journey and doing the best you can 
And in terms of business, I think, are you going to, will this be your best year ever? Yeah. Yeah, this will be your best year ever. Financially. Financially. Yeah. <laughs> Clarify that. Yeah. Financially, your best year ever. Uh, same same for me. We will most certainly hit somewhere around 600000 in revenue, which was kind of what we were, what I was hoping for and expecting going into Q4. Um, and we're on pace to hit seven figures for the first time next year, which is really exciting. And we started the year with three of us on the team, on the core team, including myself. And we will end the year with like seven of us on the core team. Hopefully, assuming I can make a few hires that I'm trying to make right now. Lots of clients. Yeah, all all good things. And also um, interesting to, you know, grow the business and segue into... You know, just dealing with more of a team, the ships in culture, and and also the spending money to grow, especially, you know, moving into next year and the economy and certain things feeling a bit uncertain. Um, that, that balancing act can be stressful at times, and it can also be exhilarating. So it's, it's all good things right now. But um, yeah, interesting challenges. Yeah. Also, I guess just to um, document... I'm about to buy a YouTube course <laughs> with that course and rent and Black Friday apartment stuff, new laptop I had to buy, I'm putting out like 10K this month expenses wise. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, it's a lot. And it's tricky because I, for us, I think we both try to come from a place of like having an abundant mindset. And I think that's very energizing to do. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we're taught. And I think rightfully so that being frugal and, and, and saving as much money as possible is, is really important, especially when it comes to trying to run and grow a healthy business. Um, but <clears throat> I find that sometimes that can be very, it can create a very limiting mindset where, you know, for example, I probably should have hired more people sooner than I did. Um, but because I was so focused on, you know, saving money for the company. Um, all of a sudden, we took on new clients. We went through a lot of growth over the last few months, and the business. There are starting to be cracks in the business, like real glaring issues, because I did not move quickly enough to bring on new team members because I was so focused on on the saving money aspect and and trying to take as little risk as possible. That now the quality of the service is suffering. So I'm, I'm trying to catch back up. That's always a game that you play when you're growing a business of mm. trying to keep up with quality of service um, by having enough people, enough staff, enough smart, talented people to fulfill the work while also not overstaffing yourself and becoming unprofitable and driving yourself out of business. So yeah, all super exciting, all things that I want. Yeah. So anyways, I think we can probably wrap it there. Okay. Until next time. Next time we really will have uh, oh, yeah, a whole legit. pod, legit podcast set up. Legit and set up. that should make this a little more fun because we won't have to talk. Oh, and talk and video d- too. We will probably maybe have video too. <laughs> <laughs> hey. One step at a time. One okay. step at a time. <laughs> Sounds but, good. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. I'm so tired.
It's still on? 